I think if you don't have this whole progression from helicopter parenting to microaggressions, to gender pronouns, to all of this stuff that leads right into vaccine mandates that leads right into like, it's just everybody's scared of everything. And like, no, you're going to do what I say. You're, you know, Mm -hmm. I know I'm kind of like blowing this up and I'm (laughs) dramatizing this a little bit, but this is like where I think this is all leading toward. Hey everyone, my name is Al Gugliotta, and I want to welcome you to The Unlearning Project. We're live again, Virginia. It's been a long time. <laughs> it has. Man, <laughs> I just needed a break for a little while there. I needed to decompress. I felt like we were... Yeah. We were talking about a lot of different topics and things started Everything. to get heavy. And just, yes, the world got very busy and dramatic. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> we, just, we needed some time to breathe. I think. I think everybody did. Yeah. I think everybody needs to listen to the song Imagine by John Lennon and then just mm-hmm. take some deep breaths. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, that. people. Like, everybody's got to take a deep breath, relax. Everybody's in panic mode and aggressive mode and triggered mode. And like everybody is like offended. Oh, how dare you? And I'm like, that's got to stop. We have to have adult conversations here and take the adrenaline, take the blood pressure down. And me too. Like, I feel like I get worked up over some of this stuff. So I wanted to start this whole thing off with the things we agree on. And this is going to be loosely about vaccine mandates, hesitancy, just all the polarization of where everybody's button heads, the left and the right. And I don't know where I fit into any of that. I don't consider myself a Democrat or Republican or whatever. I'm just, I hear things and then I make a judgment and I don't know, wherever that falls, it falls. Mm -hmm. I think I probably lean a little bit more right, which I was surprised by. And you Mm -hmm. lean a little more left. Right. That's why I wanted to have this conversation. So again, things we agree on. We both agree vaccines are effective, correct? Yeah. Okay. They're effective, but they're effective not from getting it. They're more effective from preventing hospitalization and death. Okay. Do you think that's true? Yeah, because you can still still get get COVID. Breakthrough cases, they call them or whatever. Right. But but basically, once you do get it, you're very small chance of being hospitalized or dying from it. Right. So in that sense, they're effective. They're good. Okay. The other thing, if you're over 65 and have pre-existing conditions, you're the most vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Most vulnerable if you have like comorbidities and you're over 65, 80% plus of all the people that have died over the last year and a half have been over 65 with comorbidities, right? Mm. Okay. I don't know the statistics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm saying things I've researched that I agree with and I'm just- I guess you just have to take my word for like the the statistics are accurate. In general, I'm just like, okay, if you have like other conditions that you're concerned about, that if you got the flu would be a problem, right? Well, then yeah, COVID's going to be a problem too. Right. And we can say even the basic stuff like obesity, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, like asthma, asthma, anything like that, respiratory concern. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which, Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Think of the country we live in. I mean, it's a very obese country. 
Oh, right? Yeah. Nothing that nobody doesn't know. It's I'm not trying to fat shame anyone. It's just that's the way our country is. It's right. everybody eats and eats way too well, much. When potatoes are considered a vegetable. Yeah, fried <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> In a Did deep... you eat your vegetables today? Oh yeah, I had some french fries. Yeah, oh yeah. It's healthy, it's from the ground. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's another statistic. So this is the last one. I'm not gonna bombard everybody with everybody kind of knows these things. I think there's been 10 to 20 children from ages zero to 18 since the beginning of this pandemic that have died from COVID oh, 10, really? to, 10 to 20. That's less mm-hmm. than have died from the flu in the same amount of time. Is that in the U S or just, uh, that's know. a good question. I think that's in the U S probably U S yeah. That has to be I US. think other countries have not had worldwide. a harder time. Okay. So in the U S we'll say, So basically meaning that if you're from zero to 18, effectively, you shouldn't really have any concern over COVID. It's just not affecting you. Maybe you'll get a little sick, but you'll be over it. More people have died of the flu. It's just not affecting that population. And again, I'll say that, and then I'll get into a conversation, not with someone like yourself, but just anybody. Oh, that's not true. I'm like, what is true? So tell me where to find the truth, because I'm looking at CDC I'm looking at the statistics of mm. who died and they're out there, right? There's these statistics, but as soon as you like say, here it is, here's the statistic. They're like, no, that's not true. Mm. It's like when I show somebody yeah. like a red pen and they're like, no, that's blue. I'm like, it's red. We agree that this is red. <laughs> no, we don't. That's blue. You so, can't have a conversation from that. Right. Like you said, you're getting your information from the CDC. So mm-hmm. then I would question, okay, but where are they getting their information? Do they have okay. that reliable source? Like, oh, well, I heard whoever on TV say this. Okay, well, what's the source of their information? I don't think like, they're refuting. So I thought they were the source of the information. So they're getting national statistics of hospitals. They have mm-hmm. records to basically show who died, what age range. Did they have comorbidities? Like this is all tracked and they have a way of basically consolidating that information. Right. And whether it's exactly 10 to 20, or I'm just trying to get to like, what's close, like just even close. It doesn't have to be a perfect exact science. Like it's just, I want to know what the ranges are. Like are who's like more susceptible to COVID who's, you know, more at risk, who's less at risk. I thought that this was obvious and from mm. the beginning, they've been saying the same thing. They, the news, mm. like they've been saying the same thing. So in my opinion, there's no reason for me to believe that children should get a vaccine when they're not being affected by this virus. Mm. You know, and this is always going to be a circular argument because I'll say something like that. They'll be like, yeah, but they can get it and spread it to other people. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go into, well, yeah, the, uh, but the other people are vaccinated. Mm, so the if only, they are the only know. people that you should be worried about are the unvaccinated, mm. but the unvaccinated basically chose not to get vaccinated. That's up to them. Mm. Somebody chooses to smoke cigarettes and do heroin. That's up to them. They chose to do that, but they right. twist this argument that no, if you don't get it, you're putting other people at risk. Mm-hmm. Who are we putting at risk? If you're already vaccinated, the purpose of getting the vaccination was to make you protected to protect yourself. How would I possibly put you at risk? Like, it's Mm -hmm. just this weird thing. So I wrote down a a few different things just about fearful and not fearful. Now this is where it gets a little shaky for some people because people don't like to be called (laughs) fearful. 
I don't like to be quote fearful, (laughs) but I find that the people that are not fearful of this are the unvaccinated because they're not vaccinated and they could get vaccinated, but they don't because they're not fearful. Does that Hmm. make sense? Hmm. Like if you're not vaccinated, you have every opportunity to get vaccinated, but you're not fearful Mm -hmm. of it. So you're like, no, I'm not getting vaccinated. Not really afraid of this virus. Right. Is that fair to say? I think so. Okay. Um, Wow. I thought this was going to go a lot easier, Virginia. I thought you'd be agreeing (laughs) with me like one after another here. No. Man, this is like, okay, we're ready. (laughs) Man, okay. No, I just really am trying to think of like, why are people not getting vaccinated? Okay, you've got misinformation. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, okay, maybe they don't feel like they're you know, in at risk or mm-hmm. at risk. Is there any other reason? I have met people that like two that tend to react very negatively to any kind of like medication shots. They have all these crazy allergies. Like they've got a list a mile long of things they cannot take or do, or if they ever get hospitalized, it's actually dangerous because they <laughs> might be accidentally given some medication that they'll have an even worse reaction sure. to. And that's so probably a small people, percentage, right? Yeah. Like I yeah. said, it's like two people that I know. And so they're not getting the vaccine on purpose just because they're like, that could kill me or getting COVID could kill me. So like, right. So I'll take my know, chances without actually initiating right. an injection. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so I listen and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm obviously not going to tell them like, they should do or shouldn't do or whatever. But I'm just like, okay, that's interesting. And I don't know what that's like. Like I have no allergies to medications. I have no other health concerns. Like I do not know what it's like to be in that place. So it's not fair for me to judge. But yeah, I'm just trying to think, are there other reasons why people- Why you wouldn't get the vaccine? Want to get vaccine, yeah. I guess the point being is I was just trying to go on the idea that if you're not vaccinated, you're not fearful of the virus. and. Okay. Outside of the people that have some pre-existing that the vaccine might, mm-hmm. you know, be worse than actually getting the virus. Mm-hmm. Just the regular person that has no allergies, the reason they don't get the vaccine is because they're not afraid of the consequences of the virus. That's one just like blanket. And then there's the subset of people that have gotten the vaccine, maybe like yourself, maybe not, mm-hmm. that are not fearful of the virus either because they got the vaccine. I'm protected. I put my armor on. Yeah, maybe I'll get it, but I know that I'm probably not going to die from it. I'm not going to be hospitalized. Right. I'll have mild symptoms. That's the reason you got the vaccine. So you're not fearful of the vaccine. Follow me so far? Right. So then it goes down to the only people that are fearful of the virus are a subset of the vaccinated. It's not unvaccinated people. It's not probably the majority of the vaccinated people. Mm-hmm. It's basically a subset of the vaccinated that are just fearful that I have the vaccine, but you know what? I'm still wearing double masks and I'm not traveling and I'm not doing anything. And mm-hmm. no, no, no. You know, it's like there's a problem with their risk assessments because now they've gotten something that protects them just as well as anything's going to protect them against the flu, against any other you know disease or virus. They got it, but they're going to remain fearful and they're always going to wear masks and they're always going to be against. And I feel like it's coming from this subset of people, like all of this strife and like just this ongoing of like, 
we're in this global pandemic and everybody's hair's on fire. We're all running around in a panic. That's coming from that small subset because they're not okay with them just getting the vaccine. Now everyone's got to get it. You're putting me at risk. There's no way to put you at risk if you've gotten the vaccine. That doesn't make any sense. The reason you got the vaccine was so that you're protected. You Mm -hmm. can't play both sides of this card. And then you start to realize in the news and in politics, that's the card they play. They play this card that get the vaccine, it protects you. And then on the other hand, all the unvaccinated are putting everybody at risk. Hmm. You can't have it both ways. You can't. So what about the people that got vaccinated because they live with someone or are close with someone mm-hmm. who cannot or who just has poor health? Right. right. Like they have old and comorbidities or right. They're more yeah. at risk. Absolutely understand. That's not my argument. My argument isn't, I think they're effective. And I think in your own personal situation, if you think you're protecting someone else that you live with or that you're in close mm-hmm. contact with, by all means, get the vaccine. Right. But that's probably a small subset of people. Right. But if you're saying that me as just someone that doesn't live around anybody that has comorbidities, and I'm not vaccinated, but mm-hmm. I'm putting everybody in the general population at risk, that's where I have the problem. And I don't know where the disconnect is there. And I really, I'm truly like interested in finding where that is. I can't seem to get a definitive answer from, you know, the people that are like, it's the unvaccinated that are like putting everybody at risk. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You got the vaccine. It's so I thought, and I haven't like super researched this mm-hmm. that. And we've talked about this before, the whole herd immunity thing. Right. Everyone gets vaccinated or like, I think it's 80%. It has to be a very large majority of people. And then now they're starting to say, we're never going to get there. I've heard that too. Yeah. But if the large majority of people get the vaccine, Mm -hmm. the much less likely it's going to continue to spread, the less likely the germs stick around because then it's not spreading. Nobody can get it because everybody's vaccinated or it's less likely to spread. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly this isn't a problem anymore. It's this eradicated disease that doesn't exist 10 years from now. All right. So that's presupposing that it's a problem right now. Okay. Right. So is it a problem right now? Is it a problem in your life? It's not a problem in my life. It's a problem in people's lives. I get it. Right. But there's never going to be zero, right? There's always going to be some off case. I mean, there's the flu. People get the flu. There's always going to be something. So who's at risk now? Like, when do we Mm -hmm. consider this over? When there's 300 deaths a day from it, when there's 100 deaths a day, there's deaths every day from so many different things. Right. But we're not in a social panic to get everybody vaccinated or to get everybody to comply to something. So this is where the disconnect comes for me because I don't, it's just a lack of, I'm not saying my judgment's correct. I'm just saying I'm trying to figure out what's the correct judgment here. Cause it seems like you would lean more on the cautious, get everybody vaccinated where I'm like, mm-hmm. I think this is pretty much over. There's going to be pockets where obviously unvaccinated people are being hospitalized and dying, but that's been trending down. There's mm-hmm. going to be outbreaks here and there, but for the most part, The majority of the population is vaccinated or has had it. Mm -hmm. Well, but you're saying that, but what was the last number that came out? Like only half the people in the U.S. are getting vaccinated. I thought it was high. It wasn't like 60 or 70 percent. 
I mean, maybe now. Okay. The last thing su- that I had heard was like only 50%. And that's and- why they were pushing for more people to get it. And that was before these boosters came out right. or yeah, you got became the recommended. But what but- about the people that got it added to that number? Because there's been a million positive cases, right? Too. Mm-hmm. So people have antibodies from just not the vaccine, just from getting the virus. So that's where I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not but either. Me neither. People that already got it can mm-hmm. get it again and again and again. Well, just as the vaccinated can, right? But okay. even with the vaccine, we're lot less likely to spread it. Whereas someone who has gotten just the sickness and supposedly has antibodies, but is still not vaccinated, there's no reduction in their likelihood to spread it. Okay. So that's where I want to focus on because is that 100% true? Or is that just another piece of the science that Mm. in three months or six months or in a year, they're going to say, you know what? Everybody could spread it the same way. So I've heard this theory that if you're vaccinated, you have a lower viral load in order. Mm -hmm. So it means that you're less susceptible to spreading it to other people. And if you're unvaccinated, you have a bigger viral load that you're passing on and you're just like a super spreader. Well, and that's where like Delta came from. But yeah, there is a study, some like University of Oxford or something Mm -hmm. that they found vaccinated people are like 65% less likely to actually spread COVID, even if they have it and they're not showing symptoms Mm -hmm. or if they are, whichever way, but that they're less likely to spread it. Okay. And so I think for me, for my family, our Mm -hmm. perspective is that it's not just necessarily for us because none of us have any kind of underlying conditions. My kids weren't born preemies. I mean, like, we got nothing. (laughs) Thank goodness. So it definitely was not like, oh, my God, if we get it, we're going to die. Run out and get your vaccine right now. It was not that. It was more of, you know what? We don't know what's going on behind other people's doors. And Mm. we do know people that have special needs children that have asthma, that have all these other things going on. Maybe if I'm not directly friends with that person with the underlying conditions, I'm friends with their wife or okay. whatever it is. And sure, so like the more, seven degrees of, you know, you're going to touch exactly, someone. Down. Exactly. So that was more of the consideration for us. Plus, even other family members, right? Like there are family members that are obese, there are family members that are very elderly, there are just other things like that. So it was more of we're going to do our part and protect whoever we can, whatever we can. Maybe it's protecting yourself primarily, but it's Mm -hmm. also protecting, hopefully, those people that we care for. Or like you said, however many people removed from. Yeah, right. The seven degrees, right. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to touch so-and-so who's going to see so-and-so. Exactly. Like I want to do my part and I want my family, my husband, my kids to do their part in protecting To the extent that we can, right? Right. Those other people. If I go to the grocery store, I'm still going to wear my mask because I have no idea who the hell's in this store. Okay. I have no idea who the hell they have at home, who they're trying to care for, or like who just had a preemie baby in the hospital or something like that. Like, I don't know. So So these are personal choices that you're making for you and your family. So in a similar way, it's like a religion that you believe something 
Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it is a religion. I'm saying it's like a religion in the sense that you believe something. We don't know what okay. we, none of us have a hundred percent certainty on transmittability of the unvaccinated compared to the vaccinated of a lot of things about the virus, a lot of things about the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Nothing's a hundred percent certain. Everybody's just sort of like things are coming up as we go along. Nobody really knows, but with the information you have, you've made this decision. Mm-hmm. So just like with the information people have when they read the Bible, they've made a decision to believe in God. I guess my problem is once you get to, you know, you jump this moat and you go, no, now I want you to get vaccinated. I've made my choice. I'm protected. My family's protected. But now you're fucking everything up for everyone else because now we need mandates. Now we need the government to step in. We're going to force you. And if you don't do it, you may be fired from your job. You're basically just, you're like a moral outcast in our society. You're dirty. Like you're an unvaccinated person that doesn't care about others. You're a disease spreader. I'm exaggerating a little bit with this, but, (laughs) and that's where like religion goes off the rails for me too, because like, whatever you believe is great. And whatever you choose for your family, great. As soon as you start pushing that down my throat, that's Mm -hmm. where it becomes a problem when you're an evangelistic Christian and you're like, this is the word of God and you got to believe this. And I want you to convert. You better like have Jesus, your Lord and say, that's the same thing as a vaccine mandate to me. If somebody saying you got to jab this thing in your arm, because you know what? You're not protecting other people. You're going to die yourself. I'm like, whoa. Mm. I'm like, when did we not look at the numbers? And when do we just come from? Like, I have this feeling I'm fearful of this thing. And now that fear is turning into not only will I do it, but you have to do it because I'm scared. So I would say that the religious thing goes back to like, it is just a belief. There is no mm-hmm. science statistics or proof or whatever. It That's literally you- is stories that people wrote and made up to help them understand why the world turns. <laughs> but Virginia, you do realize there are religious people don't think that. They think it's science. They think there's proof. I don't. (laughs) They think that. I'm just saying, I don't think it's true either. I believe what you believe. So that's where it's, to me, it's, this is different because Mm -hmm. there are scientists studying this and there are numbers that you can look up and, and for whatever reason, if you feel that those numbers don't apply to you and that you're not directly in danger, that's where I'm cautious about, okay. But by being open to just the fact that you could get it and spread it and it could morph into Delta or whatever. Right. That's good enough reason to get it. I'm just on the edge of what about like concern for others? It turns into like not being just concerned about yourself, about others. Okay. So we're going full circle. So basically you're saying that... By being unvaccinated, you have a lack of concern for others because you are able to get this vaccine. You've decided not to. Mm. That in turn is putting other people in danger. And my question is, who am I putting in danger? If I'm putting in danger the people that can't get vaccinated, that have pre-existing conditions, and that's a very minute subset of the population, Mm -hmm. is that true? Am I really putting anybody at risk that is not within my circle Mm-hmm. I'm not putting the vaccinated at risk because they're vaccinated because that's the reason you got the vaccine. So right, that, but we can still get it, and you can still spread it. 
much less likely though. Do we know that? But th- all right. So yeah. that, that's I mean, going to be where this- we butt heads because yeah, but there's been a lot of studies, right? So is this a definitive study that if you get this vaccine, you're 20 times less likely to spread it to someone else. If you find me that study, I'll get the vaccine tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I really would. I have not found that. I found different studies like from Israel and there's lots of studies out there where yeah. they're not using a big enough subset of people to give you a, you know, I mean, I literally searched like on Google, like are vaccinated people less likely to spread COVID Mm -hmm. and this NBC news, like whatever with the study linked and all that came up. And so that's where I got that. I mean, I felt like, all right, like you go to Oxford, you're some scientist. Sure. That's the thing too. Like I'm not a scientist. Who am I to question? their study or their education or how pure was their study or like whatever. I think that's where it's getting muddled too, is like suddenly everybody thinks they're the expert. Okay. So let me question, well, how proper was the study done? Well, let me ask you this question. If tomorrow you found out that was not true, that vaccinated and unvaccinated people can spread it equally, Mm -hmm. what would be your thoughts on it then? Would your thoughts still be that? No, Still need a mandate, still need to have everybody vaccinated. I I would still like to see people vaccinated because mm-hmm. I would like to just see this gone. I would like to not have COVID be a concern. Like I would mm-hmm. like to not see it in the news. I would like to not be concerned about whatever's going on at school with my kids. I would like to right. just let it be gone. Like we all would just prefer if there was other more bright things in the news. And so if this was not a concern, and I'm of the opinion that if something is preventable, why not prevent it, right? Like if cancer or whatever, like if somebody said, if you eat broccoli every day, you will not get cancer. Okay. I totally made that up. I'm just like using an example. Right. But would you not like at least try to eat some broccoli? Like, <laughs> okay. I mean, in general, like we work out, we do all these things to try to prevent issues. We take care of ourselves as much as we can, or at least we know we should. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do you think with all that, you're just going down the path I wanted to go down? Okay, good. <laughs> we don't want to shame people that are obese, that have pre-existing conditions, that have unhealthy lifestyles, but they're more susceptible to this virus, right? Mm-hmm. But we're unwilling to tell those people that, listen, you're the reason that this is spreading and that this is you're bringing the death tolls higher because you're out of shape mm-hmm. and you're unhealthy. And mm-hmm. those are the demographics of the population that are getting this. We're not allowed to say that, but we're allowed to say is that I don't care what kind of health you're in, you're getting a needle in the arm because you got to start protecting everybody. That's like, wait a second. It's like the focus is turned around. I mean, that's the healthcare dilemma overall, like of the whole country for years and years and years. Right. It's just known that if you don't exercise, don't eat vegetables, don't do all these different things to take care of yourself and not be obese and not have whatever diabetes and other issues that are caused from eating too much garbage, Mm -hmm. sugar, and processed food, those tend to be the people who have more health problems in any disease. And they are the ones also who 
even in treatment, sometimes the treatments are less effective because of their other health conditions or because of the way they eat or take care of their body. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's just like a problem across the board. Right. Uh, so if the problem is, why wouldn't we tell these people, why don't we have mm-hmm. a mandate against any sugary products? Mm-hmm. So now it's all, you, that all comes down to like corporate and money. Okay. All uh, understood. These. But don't you think that would be more almost or just as effective as telling people they need a vaccine? How about we tell people that you can no longer eat Ho-Hos and Cheetos (laughs) and crappy foods and sit around and not exercise? Mm. No, but you you can't enforce that. But what you can enforce is telling people to get a vaccine shot into your arm when, Mm. in my opinion, most people do not need it. Mm. A lot of people do. Granted, if you're, again, Mm -hmm. just by the numbers, and I'm not a mathematician or a statistician, but I see the numbers I'm 48 years old. I'm in good health. I do Mm -hmm. not feel like I need it. I feel like if I do get the virus, which I may get, Mm -hmm. I think I'll be fine. Could I be wrong? You could die tomorrow of many things, right? Of cancer. Yeah. Real quick though, I wanted to say, I think it's about a control point. The government can control this mandate, right? And it's a finite You get the shot. All right, cool. You're good. We're not going to worry about you again. They cannot control people's daily eating habits, for example. They They cannot shut down Kellogg's and like every other company that makes processed, sugary, carb-loaded foods. It's this whole economy thing, money, corporate, whatever. They shut down a lot of small businesses. They put a lot of people out of work and a lot of people out of business. This is off on the side, but have you seen the numbers on how many people are actually quitting their corporate jobs now and starting their own small businesses? Yes, I have. I'm excited about that. I haven't heard the second part. I've heard people quitting their jobs. I didn't know they were opening small businesses. Tons of people. You can Google this, whatever. Yeah. Tons of people are you know, either fed up or frustrated or what is it like COVID burnout, just tired of the whole game, quitting and starting their own home businesses. And a lot of them are very quickly making what they were making or more on their own. So I find that a little bit hard to believe. I really do. I'm excited about that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you're excited. I think you're a smart person. I think you opened up your own (laughs) business and you're doing fine. I think nine out of 10 people... Think about it. So it's kind of like the restaurant industry, like nine out of 10 Mm. go out of business. I don't Mm -hmm. see everybody just like quitting jobs and being like, I'm going to start an Etsy business. I'm going to start an eBay or Amazon. Some people do okay, but some people are going to freaking lose a lot of money. And I don't know where they're getting this money from. Some of it's like you're a carpet cleaner, right? So you go and steam clean carpets. And that was like one of the story that I clicked on. You're so positive. It's like, yeah, you're like, I love that's happening. And I'm so jazzed for people like taking it into their th- own hands. That is awesome. I agree. And, but I'm maybe I'm a little jaded where I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'd say old man. <laughs> you're thinking about the 10% that are successful and not the 90% that like oh. left corporate America and aren't making squat and are sitting on a YouTube channel, like throwing out content nobody wants to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The, All right. This Negative particular Nancy, deal right? was like these, you know, five entrepreneurs 
like had enough and are doing better on their own. It was like a highlight. Okay. Whatever. It was cool. Hell yeah. Go for okay. it, you know? Anyways. All right. So let me like just pivot. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to like give you like a stream of thought. And I think I sent this to you prior to our recording. I'm trying to find like where all of this started, this fear-based kind of mentality of we got to bubble wrap ourselves. We're afraid of the outside worlds. There's got to be zero COVID cases before anybody goes out and everybody takes a mask off. There's got to be, you know, everything's dangerous. I feel like I was the last generation of kids that were allowed to roam the neighborhood, mm-hmm. like literally jump on my bike. I'd be gone all day, nowhere near my house, you know, within like, I don't know, a 10 block radius, maybe, or whatever, maybe a little more 20 blocks. And then it started with like, we heard that term helicopter parenting, right? That was not a term when I was growing up. No, no such thing. There's like a million new phrases that our parents never even heard okay. of. Okay. <laughs> so let's keep going with this. So we've got helicopter parenting, right? Then there's a no bullying thing. Have you ever heard of no bullying when you were growing up? I didn't. You're younger than me. So maybe you heard of it. I don't um, know. I think I, that's a recent buzzword. I remember I got punched in the stomach when I was in seventh grade. It was like my first two weeks of junior high school. Oh two gosh. ninth graders threw me up against the locker and punched me in the stomach. And they said, if you ever tell anybody about this, we're going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And I said nothing. But I learned to stay away from <laughs> and I learned to protect myself. But I'm not saying this is right. Right. Don't get me wrong on this. I'm just trying to show the trend. So then we have this whole kind of like no bullying. I don't think you should bully people either, but you're not giving kids any kind of resource to protect themselves, to fend for themselves, to be resilient when you're protecting them all the time, when you're Mm -hmm. over them, when you're like, what happened? Did somebody like insult you? Did somebody give you a wrong look? Was there a microaggression that just happened? And now you're like literally giving this kid, like, I can't do anything for myself. I'm helpless. Anytime I feel any kind of anxiety or aggression towards me or anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to go ask for help and I'm going to go, you know, hey, somebody looked at me the wrong way or so just follow me. I'm going to continue with this. Everyone gets a trophy. Nobody loses. Everybody wins, right? You know, this kind of theory, right? Everybody wins. Nobody loses. Everybody gets a trophy. 10th place trophy. You get a trophy. All right. So, and then you go into like the fast forward into like the microaggressions into like, I need a safe space. I need my own safe space. Like they came into my space. I need my safe. I'm like, okay. I'm, all right. And this keeps going into, you know, gender pronouns. I know this is the buzzword now, gender pronouns, virtue signaling. You know, I want you to call me this. I'm like, wait a second. If I thought Really, in my heart of hearts, if I thought I was a king from the Middle Ages, like that's who I am. That's really like, for whatever reason, they put me in this body in 2021, but I'm really like a king from the Middle Ages. So I want everybody to address me as king. And I went into the public and I said, no, you got to address me as king because that's literally what I feel about myself. People would be like, you're freaking out of your minds and nobody's going to address you as king. But for whatever reason, when we do this with now gender pronouns, where like, now you're not a girl or boy, you're this, you're that, I want to be called this, I want to be Zer, I want to be her, she. Now people put in their emails next to their name, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so, her, she. What does that mean? I don't, and again, put whatever you want in your emails. It has nothing to do with me. The problem I have is as soon as you cross the line and say, no, you have to address me as this. Mm-hmm. You have to get a jab at your arm. I've done it. I can think whatever I want in between my ears. As soon as you take it from between your ears and force it on other people, 
that's where the problem lies for me. I think that's where the problem lies for like most people that have an issue with all of this kind of stuff. Cause I feel like it, it all comes from the same place. I think if you don't have this whole progression from helicopter parenting to microaggressions, to gender pronouns, to all of this stuff that leads right into vaccine mandates that leads right into like, it's just everybody's scared of everything. And like, no, you're going to do what I say. You're, you know, mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of like blowing this up and I'm <laughs> dramatizing this a little bit, but this is like where I think this is all leading toward. I think it has to do with the growing population, right? Like there's more of us, there's more personalities and types and colors and all the things, right? And I think all of these things have to do with respecting others. Okay. The he, she, they, theirs, or all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm new to it too. I don't fully get it. I'm Mm -hmm. willing to play along. If somebody has in their email that they are a they, Mm -hmm. okay. Like I may struggle with speaking to them properly. I can do my best to like look over my email to make sure that I haven't said she or her or something like that by accident and that I put they in there. But what if you miss it? Because I just... I want them to feel accepted. I want them to feel that I respect them Mm -hmm. and that I'm not going to purposely call them the wrong thing. Okay. I get that. It is confusing to me. I'm not immersed in that type of community. There are things that I don't understand and I'm willing to just do what I can to try to make them feel accepted and respected. I hear you on that, but why, when I mentioned you know, the thing about me being a king for the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Why was that funny? That's <laughs> see, that's considered funny. But like somebody says that they're not a boy or a girl, I'm this, and like, oh, we gotta respect them. Why wouldn't you respect me being a king? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, where do we draw the line and where does it end? When you start going down this rabbit hole of compassion, mm-hmm. of respecting others, and everybody's constantly being like, No, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, stand on one leg. All right, I'm standing on one leg because I respect you. All right, no, stand on the other leg. Okay, I'm standing on this leg. All right, I respect you. Where does this end? That's my question. I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. And I do relate to it because I try to be compassionate as much as possible. But mm-hmm. I feel like once it crosses a line where people mm-hmm. are demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, well, see, and I haven't had like. I haven't had that either. I, mean, I, I haven't, haven't had, had anybody demands. be ugly to me about it. Right? I haven't like, either. Be like, what the hell? You called me and like get in my face or something. Like I've not been in those circles. I don't want to be in the circles with combative people. Um, So (laughs) Very true. And I haven't either, which is kind of funny that we're talking about something that we both haven't even confronted personally. We're hearing about about it. Yes. Well, and that's fair, right? Because then we are aware of it. We see it. We don't understand it. We have questions about it. But yet we may not know someone in our direct immediate life that we can ask those questions to. So we're just trying to play along, trying to be Mm. respectful, trying to go with it. It's kind of like the underlying condition thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's like to experience that, to feel offended, to feel bullied or misplaced or disrespected. Like I am a white lady with no problems. Okay. (laughs) Okay, right. Relatively speaking, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, right. We got first world problems and that's about it. So 
it's not fair for me to sit there and judge what someone else should be called or how they feel or what their underlying conditions are or whatever. There was one instance where I did have to confront something like this. Mm. And I want you to get your opinion on it because it comes from now we're going to get into the schools because your husband's mm. a school teacher. I have two friends that are school teachers. That's a whole different perception. That's a whole different lens that they're looking out from that I was completely unaware of. Yeah. All right. So somebody in my life, I don't want to say somebody in my life, Mm -hmm. 10 years old, 11 years old, basically on Google chats, you know, on the school, like whatever it is, the instant messaging kind of thing. And it's like tracked by the school, basically. It's like a school kind of internal chat thing. Yeah. He gets caught talking to somebody female and female, basically saying that they're pan, you know, pansexual, never knew the term existed until this happens. It means you're like, you're, again, I don't want to get this wrong. You're open to everything. You're open to everybody. You love everybody. There's no gender. It's pan. I don't know, whatever that means. So that happens. A few other things happen that brought up some red flags and we were made aware of it. And We go to the school and we say, well, kid's 11 years old. She's saying this and that. And they basically come to us and they say, well, we go directly to the kids and we tell them that we respect your views and your sexual orientation. I'm like, the kid's 11 years old. Mm -hmm. For you to basically, I'm not saying, again, condone's not the right word because it's not like I condone or I'm against or it's none of that. It's just that when now you're telling a child that they get to pick their sexual preference at 11 years old, Mm. what can that possibly lead to? I could tell you what it possibly leads to. It leads to kids making decisions about their sexual orientation, about thinking they're a girl in a boy's body or a boy in a girl's body, thinking that they might want a sex change operation. It just opens up this Pandora's box of something that, in my opinion, doesn't exist. It's a slippery slope. It's all great to be like, we want to be respectful of others. But now when I see the schools are basically saying, listen, this is what we respect the kid's sexual. Basically, the kids could say whatever they want. We respect every anything you say we respect. As I'm saying it, I can see in your face that like, yeah, you should respect that. Mm-hmm. But when it's a, an 11-year-old and they don't know the difference between anything, and now you're almost like saying, yeah, that's great. That's fine. Yeah, whatever you think. And they're like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, that's what I am. I'm pansexual. And That's where it gets crazy for me. I think it is a fine line. We have to believe that if someone is speaking up in that way, that's truly something that they feel and believe and that they've talked with their parents about. And it's kind of like, why would you lie about that? Like, why would you raise your hand and attract that attention if well, you just just said the word if it's experimenting about it? Well, it's attention. So I have to believe that. That must be how they truly feel. And yeah, I'm not sure what I would do if that were like my kid, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know. I'm probably not there yet. But don't you think it's a possibility that they're doing that for the attention and that now society is painting a picture of like, this is actually, it's not cool to be a boy or a girl. It's cool to be something a little different. You're going to be a boring boy or a girl? No, be a... (laughs) You know, something else, a pansexual or trans this or whatever. Mm. Is it under the realm of possibility that they're doing it for that kind of attention? 
Just like maybe back in our day, there was emo and goth and I don't know, whatever, <laughs> like a, yeah. a metalhead or like a dirtbag. I don't know, whatever the words were back when we were kids. You kind of right. did that as that was my tribe. And that's, but mm-hmm. once it starts getting into the sexuality thing, I think mm-hmm. it's a dangerous place to be. And if everything is about whatever the child says, we respect it and we're behind them, I don't think that's appropriate either. Cause I think. Children need guidance. Mm-hmm. And maybe they should have like just a good conversation with them. Be like, what do you mean by that? Right. Before you start claiming anything, w- tell me what you mean by that. Right. Tell Let me, me s- how you feel. Yeah. So that's where it really just, I don't know, because it goes mm-hmm. back to what are they exposed to at home? What right. are the conversations they're having at home? Where right. are they getting these ideas? Why do they feel that way? Is this been something that maybe even the mom has been like, yeah, you know, they've always been just a little bit different than all the other kids. Right. Just ever since they were one. Okay. Well, then maybe this really is a legit struggle that this tiny human has had to deal with. And that's really understood. Agreed. It's funny. I'm glad you're saying this because you're right. That's definitely true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really hope that any child gets enough love and care and attention at home that they don't have to do things for attention elsewhere because sometimes that does turn into the wrong forms of attention. We've seen that throughout history with every drug abuse, like everything. Sure. I don't know. There's not really a way to judge if this person is just doing something for attention or if that's something that's been going on and only them and their family will know that. Okay. So that's where it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but it's really hard. I know we've been going for a while here and I know I could talk (laughs) about this stuff all day and man, you were a tough one today. You really were. I was like, you know, I was like, all right, let me start with the stuff we agree with. And I said a couple of things and you're like, I'm waiting for the agreement. You're like, Hmm, not really sure about that. (laughs) I'm like, Holy crap. I'm like, we can't even agree on like the, Wow. Okay. No, but you're you're not alone. I'm just saying that's, I was surprised. Yeah. No. And I think the highlight here is that we can sit here and talk and maybe I can sit here and listen and make a face or whatever, (laughs) but I can still let you voice your opinion Mm -hmm. and you're allowing me to share my opinion and we're not like angry at each other's throats. Yeah. So it's like, we could still be friends and have a civilized conversation, even though we're talking about tough topics. Yeah. And, and disagreeing. And yeah, like, yeah. And it's not like I'm trying to prove you wrong and you right. have to, you know, it's not like that. So I think we wanted to kind of have this conversation to <laughs> continue to show that things have gotten so polarized in so many ways that I think people are very divisive over these topics and they're like oh i can't be friends with that person anymore oh see these are all topics i want to get into too because i feel like i've had not many but a couple of like friendships like splinter based Mm -hmm. on just silly stuff and like i don't care that much about it it's Mm -hmm. funny we talk about this on the podcasts Mm -hmm. i'm not walking around thinking about this stuff all day but i tell friends i'm like when i'm thinking about it yeah i do get a little stirred up but like i try Mm -hmm. not to think about it and i try not to feed Mm -hmm. too much of it into my head And that's where I shared with you, like, 
I don't even watch the news. Yeah. I don't even pay attention. Like, I have other shit to worry about, and I am focused on that, and I'm focused on moving ahead in yeah. that direction. That's and right. And so I've done everything I possibly can to declutter <laughs> the info that I'm receiving. And I think if you're a little under, what's the word where people say they want to keep up with the news, they want to mm-hmm. keep up with what's going on in the world. I think if you're a little behind than that, it's probably better off. Yeah, I'm happy as can be. Over. Yeah, you don't need to be that educated <laughs> on the news. You're not missing anything. I listen to some right. of it and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Just My husband and- does listen to like NPR every morning and stuff like that. And so I'll kind of hear something. I'll be like, what did that say? And I'm just like, <laughs> cool. Well, all right. I've back to got work. podcasts to edit. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to work. Like that's yeah. all freaking noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've decided is like, mentally healthy for me. So if you enjoy keeping up with the news and that's like your thing and you feel like you're literally lacking something when you don't watch it. Right. Okay. The uninformed are more healthy mentally, I think. (laughs) Well, at least from a, you know, a news standpoint, not that you're uninformed about other things, (laughs) you know, you're uninformed about the things you should be uninformed about. Well, and that's where if something does pique my interest, Sure. I'll look it up. I'll read yeah. a few things. I'll check what's being said and who's saying it and why. I can dig into it if I want to, but the rest of the time. There's such big topics too. If you ever like do like a once over on the news, it's like mm. climate change and racism and poor people <laughs> and spending. And, and I'm like, oh my God, like my head's blowing up already. Yes. Like, I think that's the struggle, right? Because then we sit there and listen to that and feel like we're being inundated with problems that are so big. Yeah. Neither of us could do anything about it. Right. The entire community of where I live could not do anything about any of these topics, even if we all got on the same page. (laughs) Right. So for everybody to get worked up over them. Right. It's not. Yeah. I don't Mm. need that kind of negativity in my life. I agree. (laughs) I agree with you. Okay, so next week then, huh? We should talk about the schools and what the teachers are seeing and dealing with because I've definitely got just different things that I'm hearing from my children's teachers and then my husband works in a different school district and then you have school friends. Yeah, and just the power struggles between the parents and the teachers. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know what my teacher friends were going through until they told me Mm -hmm. that basically in a nutshell, it's like the parents are saying, you work for us. You're a public servant. This is, you know, you just do what we say. And the teachers are like, mm. no, that's not the way this works. Mm-mm. This is a collaboration. We're not trying to be dictators here, but like wow. we do know education better than you. That's why we're doing it. We're qualified. Mm. We have a degree to do this. And it's like that butting ahead. That's at least what I'm hearing from my friends, but we'll get wow. into some of that. I'm not well, an expert with education. Either. About it. Yeah, it'll be fun <laughs> to talk about. All right, well, follow us at theunlearningproject.org. 